Welcome back to Crestor, purposeful life driven by endurance. I'm Dan, and I'm joined here by Pat. You want to say hi, Pat? Hi, everyone, and good morning. Good morning. That's right. We're we're recording uh, over coffee. It's about 7:30 on Friday for us over here on the East Coast, and uh, we're kind of we we're talking about how we want to do a morning podcast recording, and uh, and here we are. So uh, we're doing it. We're, we're pretty excited. Yeah. Um, let's see. All right. Uh, doing episode five, we've got a really cool plan for you guys, including uh, a workout sent in by one of the listeners. We really appreciate that. We're excited to share that. But first, let's uh, let's dive into our weeks and talk about uh, how everything's been going. Pat, how's your week? Yeah, it's it's been a busy one. Um, and uh, you know, sometimes busy weeks, you're in the moment, you're like, man, I'm getting crushed. But then when you get to look back on it, you're like, man, I accomplished so much. Um, so from running to flying, it was it was good. This week, I was able to get more volume. Uh, I went from about 31 miles to 39 miles for my total volume. Uh, still in that aerobic uh, area, but the weather here in Virginia is starting to pick up and get a lot nicer. Uh, in, the, in the 70s, the humidity is dropping. So, you know... The pace is starting to click. Um, the 7:30, you know, aerobic with a 140 heart rate and staying in that zone too is uh, becoming more and more natural. And you know, it, I foresee it getting you know faster pace with that same heart rate. And then uh, my big run this week is going to be 12 miles, which uh, I know that's not big, but it's it's big compared to the last couple of weeks. That's big um, for a lot of people. That's that's longer yeah. than my longest run these days. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. Right. Everything's relative. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I got to a, a good amount of flying, which is really cool. Uh, I, um, had the opportunity to fly down to Key West, Florida, um, on today is Friday. So Wednesday and, um, part of the mission of, you know, the C2 is bringing parts and people to and from different areas. And sometimes we have the ability to go land to land, um, which we call dirt to dirt. So uh, we had one of our air wings working down in Key West, and they needed some they needed some love. So <laughs> me and my buddy and uh, our air crew and one of the air crew students um, brought a plane down to Key West, Florida, dropped up some parts to allow everyone to continue training. Um, and uh, because of the time of day, and the maintenance actions needed to take place. We had to remain overnight. So I went from a <laughs> nice 75 degree, little humidity in Virginia to about 95 and 100% humidity. So uh, I had a seven mile run that day and it, it kind of smacked me in the face, but at the same time I did it, had it with a smile on my face. Um, and then the next morning woke up and uh, flew back to Virginia and now you, I'm here. I got a question so, on, on that. Yeah. So 
so obviously you guys are like the backbone. <clears throat> you you saved the entire community when it comes to yeah. um, you know we inevitably break planes, Hawkeyes. You know whether it's in um, Fallon, Nevada, where Key West, you know wherever um, Shreveport down at Green Flag or something. You guys are always bringing us parts and saving the day. Is that going to be feasible? So for anybody who doesn't know, the the cod is being sundowned, as they call it. It's basically it's at its end of end of life of service, and it's being replaced by the Osprey. Um, is the Osprey going to be able to do that same mission to like take parts out? Um, I mean, theoretically, it. I don't know if it has the the range and like the uh, the legs that the cod yeah. does, though. So that's a great question that, um, obviously you, you don't fly the Osprey, so maybe you don't out. know, but yeah, uh, it, it has the capability to carry some stuff in the back, but not as much. It's a little bit smaller of a back end, uh, range wise. Um, unfortunately the plane doesn't pressurize, which I don't know why we would use that, <laughs> but, uh, if there's only crew in the back, they have the ability to go above a certain altitude that will extend its efficiency or give it better efficiency, allowing it to f fly farther. Hmm. Um, so for dirt to dirt missions, which I had previously mentioned, it's a suitable asset, but uh, going out to the carrier. Um, it's main it, job. It works. It <laughs> works. <laughs> yeah. I'll works, leave that there. Works, just barely. Cool. Thanks for the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I interrupted your week. I don't know if you had anything else. No, no, it's good. No, um, yeah, no, it was good, man. So, uh, uh, how about yourself, Dan? How's your week, dude? It was. You really hit hit the nail on the head with the um, talking about the busy week and the chaos and looking back and and being like, wow, I really accomplished a lot. That's that's totally this past week for me. I feel like I've been kind of burning the candle at both ends, um, but in a really good way. Um been building up a pretty good sleep debt and i feel like this weekend i'm, I'm just gonna sleep for you know 12 hours i'm really <laughs> excited um <laughs> uh, but uh let's see had a couple of really awesome key workouts that i am excited to talk about i'm gonna save my my long run to talk about during um our topic of the week today but i wanted okay. to talk about this swim workout i had that was just one of those like it just reinvigorated my passion for, for swimming. And, and this is a beautiful thing, especially in multi-sport when you're jumping between these yeah. different, um, disciplines and maybe you're like really burnt out and running or biking, which thankfully I'm not super burnt out on anything, but, but it, it, it is getting kind of into the doldrums of, of just like getting miles down in, in the different disciplines. And <clears throat> I went out and did this swim on Wednesday and it was just magical. Like the, the swim workout, I did was this, this workout I found several years ago and I hadn't done it in, um, probably since I found it and it involved a bunch of probably 1500 100s at varying paces from like 145, uh, per hundred meters down to, uh, 130, a minute 30 per hundred meters. And, and that's, uh, that's pretty fast for like where I'm at, like 130. So like when I'm, pushing really hard maybe i'm going like a 125 per 100 meters uh, for my current fitness level and when you're doing 15 of these you know you get fatigued and <laughs> dude i was like at my wits end trying to like make these intervals but i was still making them and 
Yeah. And I finished the workout and it was one of those where like I could feel my arms giving out on like the very last uh, interval. And, and it was just like, I, I fought this, this war throughout the workout and I won and it was just, oh man, it felt so good. So that was, that was just like magical. And I, I, I slept like a rock that night, you know, just <laughs> worked out so hard. Anyway, uh, I wanted to share that, that big victory. Um, that was such a good swim. And, and again, I'll talk more about that run later, but, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, another big victory this week is, uh, my hamstring. Obviously I've talked about that. Uh, my left hamstring kind of bothered me. That has been way better. Still something yeah. I, I, I'm fighting through and, and feeling, but I've been just really, uh, religiously stretching and that's helped a lot. Um, yeah, Dan, when you say like, uh, sorry, no, no, go um, ahead. sorry to interrupt, but when you say stretching is, do you feel like there was a specific stretch or, you know, like exercise that you were doing to, you know, warm up that hamstring, right? Cause you're giving a little bit more attention and, uh, to kind of stretch it out before each workout. Yeah. So what I try to do is, is basically like leading up to a bike or a run. Um, I will like purposefully like be sitting on the floor hydrating and then I'll just like turn on the TV and then for whether it's like 10 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on how much time I have, I'll just basically do a bunch of, uh, different like yoga stretches that I've, I've, um, you know, learned over the, the past probably six weeks of having done yoga and I'll just kind of like <laughs> just take my time and, and, uh, and just whatever, whatever I can, I'll, I'll stretch everything, not just my hamstrings, but I all like focus hamstring yeah. stretches and, uh, and I'll just feel myself just like loosen up. And then when I get out yeah. and, and run or ride, uh, I think riding honestly is probably the one that's more stressing on my hamstring cause it shortens that hamstring so much, uh, with yeah. the, uh, you know, cyclical motion on the bike. I think that is actually a little more uh, stressing on that that muscle or that uh, tendon than uh, muscle and tendon back there, I guess, than the running. But but yeah, that's that's helped a lot. Okay, great nice. question. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. And then I have rediscovered my love for smoothies. I had forgotten about that. I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to talk about that because I uh, <laughs> you know especially with how hot it's been. Thankfully this, this past week, it's been amazing, but, um, yeah. but holy cow, dude, like you get, you get some, some frozen fruit, um, you get Greek yogurt, peanut butter, chia seeds. Um, I use almond milk and then, uh, uh, pomegranate juice, mm-hmm. put all that stuff into the blender, blend it up. And it is like the most nutrition packed, uh, you know, post run, post ride, snack um i don't i don't tend to do those as much after my swims but um but oh man i love it and i've been really excited that i found it it's almost like poor man's ice cream dude it's so good (laughs) (laughs) um yeah besides that i've been flying a ton and uh having a lot of fun with that i've been both getting to fly with students which is of course uh our entire job, you know, as instructors here. And that's been really gratifying, but I've also been able to fly. Um, I got to fly with Bob Ross actually, uh, yesterday and, uh, we had a blast. Was that in the old, was that in the E2C? That was in the old Chuck. Yep. The E2C. Yeah. I love that plane. So the, the older of the two variants that we (coughs) currently fly in the Hawkeye community and, 
Oh man, I love that plane. That's that's my background, so my comfort zone. And then the last <laughs> the last thing about my week is that I have um, a functional threshold power uh, test tomorrow that I'm super stoked about. So that's going to be a 20 minute like all out effort. Um, so I just have a simple FTP on the bike tomorrow, and then I've got a run, and then Sunday I've got a uh, like a 30 35 miler on the bike. Um, and then we head out to Wallops, which we'll talk more about a little later on in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm super excited about what we have to talk about today. Before we get into the topics of the week, of which we have two, do want to thank our sponsors and our followers and uh, the folks who've been emailing in and uh, giving us that feedback. That has been absolutely huge. It's been um, both functionally helpful and just exciting and keeping us uh, passionate about what we're doing because we we wouldn't do this if we didn't like it you know we're just having a blast that's why we're here um, yeah and you guys have fun you guys help us uh keep that energy so thank yeah. you yeah um topics of the week cool so the first one is something i'm extremely excited about and i think everybody can kind of get excited about and that's called that's uh embracing the chaos so Patty, what is what does this mean to you? Embrace the chaos. Well, there's there's many ways to approach it, but I would say from an environmental sense, you know, when you go out for a run and the it's 100% humidity and 95 degrees out, embrace that. Um, if it's you know just straight downpour, your shoes feel like they have weights in them. Embrace that. Uh, you know. Any opportunity to feel uncomfortable is an opportunity to get stronger uh, because you don't know what's going to hit you on race day. Uh, it might not be the same thing that took place during your training, um, but in a sense, anything that doesn't go planned during a training run, that, that mental challenge has correlation to other unplanned things that take place. Um, so yeah, it's- embrace it and uh, just... Think of it as a positive way to get stronger towards what you're trying to achieve. It's like a free, a free bigger pickaxe to chip away at your pain cave with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's a good one. I yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 So what I think about is the fact that we live in a day and age where it's so easy to live in your comfort zone, right? Oh yeah, for sure. We, we have Amazon, you know, Amazon prime two day delivery. We've got, you know, we've got every, everything that, that makes our life so easy. Um, we've got central AC right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, know, we're in in this super comfort drinking coffee and, and, uh, we've got no care in the world. Um, and it's very nice outside, but, but it might not be, you know, and here we are still very comfortable. Um, so the point is, we get to the point where we lose patience pretty easily. I'd say the average person oh, loses yeah. patience pretty easily when, when things uh, start going sideways. And and this is kind of a, a, a call to action to, to fight that within ourselves. And uh, when you get outside and, and, and the environmentals start going sideways or, um, or maybe even your hamstring starts hurting and it's like, man, yeah. I'd do anything to have too good hamstrings right now it's like well well you don't so so what do you want to do about it you know like well how about we just appreciate the fact that we're out here running 
and if my hamstring's a little tight, that's a little tight and it's okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'll adapt and yeah. Yeah. Or maybe uh, schedule stuff, you know, like we've talked about how busy this week is and it's made it pretty hard. I, I know for me, probably for you, pretty hard to get your workouts in, right? Amongst all these Yeah, these definitely flights. had to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. You had this overnight in Key West mm-hmm. that you probably weren't planning on um, and you still yeah, got absolutely. your run done out there, took your shoes and <laughs> ran in the humidity. Um, oh, yeah. So, and, and remember, if you're ever struggling with this, you know, even if, even if you're not training for a race, um, you can still kind of think about this as training for your patients, but, um, it's like an organic opportunity to practice your patience and work on your adaptability and, you know, resolve. But if you are training for a race, then, then think about it in very practical sense that you're getting free training for race day. And a good story I have for that is, um, I've basically, I've, I've been through a lot of, uh, you know, training for different triathlons over the years. And, um, there's a lot of great days where it feels amazing. Last night, for example, it was probably 70 degrees and like 10% humidity. And I just had like a light, like three and a half mile run. It was absolute heaven, but there's some times where you're, you're tired as can be. It's terrible weather. You're busy. You haven't slept enough. Like it's just, it's terrible. Uh, but you're still getting good practice because come race day, uh, maybe you're probably not going to sleep super well the night before. That's just how it works with, with yeah. races. Cause you get all amped up. Yep. You have to wake up super early, uh, to get to, to prep and everything. Um, but on, uh, Ironman Lake Placid, it turned out that it rained from about halfway through the swim until about halfway to three quarters through the bike for me. <laughs> and it, it went from a drizzle to like a no kidding, like monsoon kind of thing while I'm, I'm out there climbing these mountains in the Adirondacks. And it was, it was the point where like, you know, you can't get any more wet <laughs> after a certain point yeah. and it didn't matter in the swim. But, uh, but I remember I was, I was just starting loop two. So I was, uh, I was probably 60 to 65 miles into the bike ride. And my legs oh, were starting yeah. to hurt. I had just finished climbing the, the, uh, mom bear, papa bear and baby bear, the three, uh, like mountain, uh, you know, climbs you have getting back up into Lake Placid, the town at the end of the loop, which is really tough. And I was heading out for loop two and just like, man, this, this is not great. And it was just pouring rain. I was, I was working as hard as I would work to go like maybe 22 miles an hour. And I was going about 13 cause I was going into this, yeah. this crazy headwind and just rain <laughs> pelting me. And I just started laughing because I was like, you know, I've had, I've had some training rides like this and this is not the first time I've experienced this. And so I, oh, I, yeah. I'm ready for this today, you know? And so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a novel experience on race day. And, uh, it's funny cause I had changed, I changed socks at the halfway point. You have this uh, special needs bag halfway, you know, through the bike you can grab. I changed socks cause my yeah. socks were so wet. And then of course I hit this like wall of rain and they were just as wet as my previous pair <laughs> five miles later. But <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's something to definitely look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, but yeah. That story, um, that story reminds me of when I was in college and, uh, my coach was an interesting character and, um, 
he loved the movie Miracle, which I think we watched about 19 times. Yeah, everybody loves and, that one. Uh, well, if the weather outside was terrible, we were going to be outside. And uh, at the Naval Academy, the, there's a thing called the seawall, which, you know, it's the perimeter of base or the campus, and it's right on the water. Very exposed to all the environments. So, um, you know, if a storm comes through, it's windy, it, it, the rain is just sideways. <laughs> well, one day um, we go to the locker room, and uh, it's like winter, too. So it's really cold out and we're all thinking, yeah, we're probably just going to, you know, go in- indoors and do a workout inside because we have those facilities for yeah. this reason. And uh, coach goes, all right, guys, <laughs> let's go to the seawall. We're going to go do sprints. <laughs> and we're all thinking to ourselves like, this guy is crazy. Um, and one thing he mentioned right before we left, he says, just remember, this is probably going to be one of your most memorable workouts you guys do together and uh oh that's when you start saying we're like yeah (laughs) and we're like oh my gosh what is this guy thinking he's crazy and uh for the next probably hour hour and a half we are out there just doing repeats i think it was three quarter mile repeats our shoes are heavy we're cold you know like all of our pullovers are just soaked completely through and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, by the end, we're all just laughing at each other. And we were we were just so used to the environment that uh, we even took the time to get together and take a group photo of this memorable, miserable, fun workout together. And uh, it certainly reminds me of this embrace the chaos. And from, you know, like an experience exposure type of... Uh, I mean, in in regards to my outlook going into that workout, I didn't have nowhere near the knowledge of like what coach was trying to, uh, what message he was trying to drive to us. And now, you know, feeling a little bit older, what, nine, 10 years older, 11 years older, I completely understand what he was getting at. So yeah, uh, if I've ever had the opportunity to coach, I'll probably do something similar. Um, Coach knew we weren't going to get hurt. But we were so young and immature, we didn't know like what what other message was going to come from this workout and what seemed like this terrible condition. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's the whole idea so. of injecting pressure from the outside to a, an entity, a group of people that pressurizes those people closer together. And um, yeah, you're, you're both worked. You're both chipping it away at your collective pain caves, but you're also uh, building that team cohesion, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, And the other thing I wanted to tie into this embracing the chaos is um, I talked about how I would uh, elaborate on my long run this week. I had a, uh, Oh yeah. (laughs) I had a a 90 minute uh, zone two run on Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Tuesday. And I went out, went into this neighborhood that um, I've I've never been to before kind of along the water. And because it's along the water, with all these little inlets, um, it's, it's pretty splintered and, uh, and not, not like a standard layout of a neighborhood. Right. And so yeah. I was out there, I started the run at probably four forty-five or so. And so by the time I got to this neighborhood, 
it was about the time the sun was rising. And so I was, I was running past these houses in, in the dark and then the sun was slowly rising. So by the time I turned around at my halfway point, which was about five miles in, um, all the houses kind of looked different because the sun was coming up and the shadows <laughs> were being lifted, you know? And I was like, I don't remember running past this house and you know, there's probably, I don't know. They're not, they're not really like uh loop-de-loops, you know? Um, but they're, it, it's, it's not just a straight, I, I can go left or right. It's like, I can go left, right, straight, or kind of sideways or, you know, it's like, yeah. and so, and having to make that decision multiple times, I ended up getting lost and, uh, and kind of going further away, um, into this, this run when I'm supposed to be kind of heading back. Right. And, yeah. uh, and so I finally hit, uh, this road, little Creek that I was like, okay, I know exactly where I am. But, um, but basically I bought myself some extra miles and I, I didn't know if it was going to be an extra half mile or an extra five miles. And I was like, oh no, you know, this is my long run for the week, 10 miles. And also, oh, no. <laughs> also my longest, you know, run of my training plan so far. So I was like going from nine miles last week to like 15 would not be a cool jump for my legs. Um, but I was yeah. like, all right, let's, let's do this. And I just, I was so happy, like, uh, you know, early in the morning out there exploring, like, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like I know where I'm, where I'm at. Um, and if I do some extra miles, I'll just like chop, chop off some miles and future workouts this week. Like it's, it's totally fine. And, uh, it, I ended up only adding the way the geometry worked out with the, the road that I reconnected on. I only added, uh, just over a mile to my, my run. So it was, it was like 11, 11 and a half, but, but it was, it was so refreshing to, to basically just like deviate from the plan and yeah. just embrace that, embrace the chaos, you yeah. know, of what was going on and, uh, and just, you know, whatever happened, happened. And my, my legs were feeling good. My hamstring was feeling good. It was just like, it was a magical morning, but yeah, that was so much fun. Especially as the sun was coming up, that was that was a cool experience. All right, uh, that does it for the embrace the chaos uh, topic. We do want to talk about wallops. Do you want to give an intro to wallops, Pat? Yeah. So wallops island. Um, what we are doing is FCLP debt, so field carrier landing practice. Um, we'll take up planes and we'll keep the planes up there, which is on the eastern shore of Virginia. And for about 10 days, we are creating muscle memory for students to land behind the aircraft carrier. Um, and we'll do day operations and night operations. Luckily for the C2, we only land on the boat during the day because uh, <laughs> we're scared. Um, but we'll still have the C2 students um, do these um these passes at night because it, it kind of helps them with their scan on in the internal side of the house for the plane. So they're in the cockpit, they're looking at their instruments and not um, utilizing outside uh, reference points to kind of help them out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then it's also uh, an opportunity to train because if you're not flying during the day, you have off in the afternoons or early mornings yeah so, oh it's so yeah. awesome and we have <laughs> so basically we work at the wallops uh, nasa flight facility there uh, yeah and and they're super accommodating um we have 
what's called a carrier box. That's it's no kidding. The the exact dimensions of the landing area on the aircraft carrier, it's painted onto um, the left side of of the approach end of of um, one of the runways at least uh, both sides of the runway. And so so basically we we do these practice um, touch and goes. Oftentimes we d- we wave off due to the weight of the planes with a full bag of gas, but um, but basically we we come around and just practice approaching that carrier box, pretending that we are uh, coming in to land at the boat. And then we have an iFlaws, which is uh, the lens that there's only, I don't know, what, 10 or 12 iFlaws in the world. They're yeah. uh, these yeah. really high-tech, high-fidelity um, lenses. And, of course, you've got one on each carrier, so I guess probably a dozen besides the carriers. Yeah, but, but in regards to which ones are like mobile and you're able to you know, sure. move to different airfields, yeah, yeah, there's about eleven of them. Yep. And so basically, those things—that's uh, what we're referencing when we come in to land at the ship. And so we have one at the field, and we practice uh, coming into that little carrier box. And we have LSOs in this what we call the shack, which is this uh, this little trailer thing that that you can pull around behind a truck um to whichever <laughs> runway is active and the inside it has uh some radio set up it has uh room for the landing signals officers to to sit in there and we're we're basically um doing exactly what the lso's are going to be doing at the ship which we're the same lso's um uh, you know at the field and the, and the ship so we're kind of practicing for the ship as well as the students are are doing their thing but it's a really really grueling 10 days especially for the students because oh, yeah. they're flying twice a day. The instructors um, are generally flying once a day because uh, it's, it's pretty exhausting with the students. You know, they're, they're still learning how to fly the aircraft and, and they're, they're, uh, they're pretty prone to mistakes. It's a, it's a challenging environment for sure. So we kind of have to be on our yeah. game to, to keep them from uh, putting us in the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For three and a half hours, you're literally just on your toes waiting for the student to do something they probably shouldn't do with the plane yep so yep yeah by the end of those flights your brain is exhausted oh yeah so that's right oh yeah so yeah we have like i said two two periods a day but the instructors are really just flying one of those um and then uh that's a 10 day long thing that we're we're leaving for on monday we kind of get to use the the intervening time that we're not flying or in the, the, the shack waving, uh, to basically train for like Patty and I. So we're, we're actually rooming together yeah. up there. We're excited about, uh, getting our, our training program stuff done. So are you bringing your bike? I know you're, you're trying not to bike as much with your training plan yeah, right now. Probably to prevent myself from wanting to do extra work that I shouldn't be doing. I'm probably not going to bring my bike. I may bring my mountain bike. You know, just yeah. to kind of transport around the island, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, if you so bring a road bike, you're probably going to be too tempted. Oh yeah, I would want to just ride. So we'll see. Yep. I might bring my road bike and just put those little uh, those pad, the clip-in pads, where I can just use it to use it as my commuter. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. But yeah, we're, yeah. we're excited. I just won't about... bring my clip-ins. That's what I'll do. Oh, I'll that's just smart. not bring my clip-ins. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Um, what that does mean functionally for the podcast is that we're going to be taking a week off. So, so we're probably gonna have um, just about two weeks, maybe a little less, um, depending on when we are able to record upon returning. 
but uh, we're going to have about two weeks uh, before the next pod is released from this one. So we apologize for that delay. But uh, we'll be back uh, with you after Wallops, and we'll be excited to tell you about all the flying and all the uh, the training we get to do up there. Yeah. Cool. All right, we have a tip of the week, and it's called the sock rule. <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> uh, so Patty and I are, are morning people for sure, but uh, not everybody is. And this this uh, this tip or this rule is is helpful for people who struggle to get workouts done in the morning. So if you're the kind of person that when you go to sleep, getting up and knocking out your your you know five mile run or whatever first thing in the morning sounds like a good idea to get it done before work. But then as soon as your alarm goes off, you're like, oh, this is a terrible idea, and you just want to go back to sleep. Hopefully this this rule will help a little bit. So so why is it called the sock rule? So basically your your contract with yourself is that uh, if you follow this rule that you have to get out of bed and at least put your socks on before you make a ruling whether or not you're like going back to bed or going out for your run or your ride or your swim whatever it is so what this does is it it forces you to kind of break the momentum of of being in bed being nice and warm and cozy and and um, you know sleepy like newton's newton's first law you know, object rest wants to stay at rest. You definitely want to do that in bed. Uh, but if you get out of bed and get your socks on, you, you have to walk over to the dresser, you know, feet on the, the cold ground. Probably you get those socks on and you're like, ah, okay, well I'm already out of bed. I might as well just go knock this thing out. Right. Um, that's the idea. Yeah. And then of course, uh, we're generally really happy with ourselves when we, when we make progress first thing in the morning. So it's usually good from there. It's just hard to get out of bed and, Patty, you've got a cool quote relating to this stuff. Yeah. So um, when I was in college, I believe sophomore year, I went on a, a summer vacation with um, some family members. And uh, my uncle had, uh, we were, you know, just talking about challenging things and ways to, you know, go at them. And he said to me, Pat, it's the first hundred yards and anything that are the hardest. And for a second, I just, you know, sat there. I was like, I don't know what he's saying. But then, you know, I started to think about it. And, you know, it it's an, another metaphor for, you know, getting your foot out the door or, you know, the sock rule. But um, whenever I come upon something new, I, I reflect back on that and just think about, you know, those first hundred yards, once you get past it, uh, you got some momentum, and you know, the rest is just—it's uh, not cake, but it's a little bit easier than that uh, initial step forward. Yeah, that reminds me of um, quite literally the the first hundred yards is is the hardest. I was starting that that swim workout I told you about on Wednesday that was so good, and yeah, and during my warm up, my arms were just like not feeling heavy. Great, they were heavy, like like just it felt like there's some tightness on like the outside of my my right forearm it was just like this is not going to be cool going into like some some tempo hundreds and then as soon as i finished the warm-up like i just felt like i was ready to go my arms felt great it was literally like all right well that's so weird but but if i just based off of that initial warm-up i would have been like yeah it's probably not a good idea to like push it today like let me just do like a thousand yards and call it a day but no dude it was perfect after that. Yeah, I 
I have a similar, like, with running, I don't know why, but right around four miles is when my body starts to feel fluid. Oh. So right now with my training, a lot of my runs are like three or four miles. So, so for those three that. or four miles, I, I, I never get past the first hundred yards. So I'm like, <laughs> it, it's a little bit tough, but I have to keep telling myself like, cause over time I've come to realize like the first four miles is that's, you know, it, I don't feel as fluid, yep. but once I get past it, then I just start grooving. So, uh, I can't wait for my miles to get even farther because yeah. then, um, I can get past that four miles, but, uh, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that yeah. Cool. So that's the sock rule. Um, if you struggle with your early mornings, hopefully that helps a little bit. Or if you're like Patty and I, then um, maybe you need a, a rule to to stay up a little later and get workouts in at night. I don't know. <laughs> you go to somebody else for that one because I don't think Pat and I have any <laughs> yeah. good tips yeah. for that. Well, if any of our listeners have tips, you know, yeah, send them in. Um. Cool. We have a featured workout of the week that I'm super pumped about. So courtesy of Swammer, we got an email in from uh, Swammer who, who sent us a, a pool workout that I'm super pumped about. I'm actually going to do this today in my uh, my pool session. So I'm very excited about that. Thank you, Swammer. So it's uh, it's called Test Set. And the idea is that you, you're doing a repeatable um, anaerobic workout. Uh, set of basically fifties. Uh, uh, so you do the, the meat of it after, after a warm-up, presumably is, uh, three times 50 free at 95, 98, basically towards the top end of your effort, uh, 95, 98% sort of idea. And then you take three seconds to rest between each one. After you do three of those, then you do a hundred, hundred yards active recovery or hundred meters active recovery. And then that whole clump of 350s and that 100 active recovery before you start you set a a window of okay i want to i want to repeat on five minutes or six minutes or seven minutes and maybe you finish those that first set in three minutes or four minutes and so you've got you've got a minute or two or three or four to to relax and maybe it feels like way too long at the start but then then you repeat that three, four, five, six, seven, ten times, however many times. And of course that fatigue is just building and building, especially with just three seconds between each of those fifties. Once you get into that set, um, your arms are probably going to be screaming a little bit, but, uh, but then you come back, you know, later in the week or next week, um, or a couple of weeks later or whatever, and you try to shave some time off. So maybe you're doing repeats on six minutes. Now you try five thirty, and, uh, and work on that anaerobic stuff. And so Amor was talking about how, this is a great way to get zone four, zone five work of the pool, that anaerobic, uh, you know, top end of your, your heart rate stuff. Like we were talking about last week and fit into your 80, 20 plan of getting that 80% zone two, 20% zone four and five with the anaerobic stuff, especially if you have a wrist-based monitor. Uh, but even if you don't, if you're going 95 to, you know, hundred percent effort there, you're going to be working, you know, anaerobic, no question. <laughs> As long as you're oh, yeah, honest with sure. yourself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I'm super excited about this. So I will report back on, uh, after wallops, I'll write a note just so I don't forget to report back about how, how the workout went, but I'm super pumped about this and building this into my rotation. Yeah. 
Cool. And uh, thanks again, Swammer, for, for sending in test set for that workout. All right. Uh, athlete of the week. You want to tell us about an athlete of the week, Pat? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, the gentleman I'm going to talk about today, uh, I learned about him from my good buddy Keith, um, who is a follower. And uh, he mentioned that, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about a lot of amazing athletes uh, so far in this podcast. Um, something we haven't touched on are the amazing athletes um, that are challenged. And, and what I mean by that is uh, they have some type of physical disability that prevents them from, you know, just being able to wake up, wiggle their toes, wiggle their fingers, roll out of bed, throw on their socks and shoes. They need some type of assistance. And uh, the gentleman that I'm going to talk about today is Willie Stewart. Um, Willie Stewart is an amputee. Uh, what happened and the story that took place that, uh, that led him to the end result of losing his left arm was working a summer job in D.C. Uh, at the Watergate Hotel. Uh, he, was, he was helping put on this piece of equipment on the top of the building. Uh, Illegal and, documents and, and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, this was in the 80s. And he had a guideline. Um, so this piece of equipment was attached to a piece of crane. To The crane was bringing it down, and he used help guiding it. And uh, from what I heard, the rope wrapped around his arm and degloved his arm from his bicep down. And in the moment, uh, he grabbed the muscle, and he went 15 stories down got onto the road and I guess it was rush hour and he ran a mile to the hospital with his, I want to say it was his left arm degloved. Um, in that moment, his life changed. Um, he was an all state high school wrestler, um, going on to wrestling college and, you know, in a moment, um, he had a course change and, you know, he had to kind of adapt and overcome and boy, did he, um, this gentleman has done things that I will probably never do and not only completed them, but uh, completed them at a very high and competitive level. Uh, just to kind of name off a, a few things that he's accomplished. Um, he is a two-time Hurt 100 finisher, which we have previously talked about, which is an ultra run or 100-mile race out in the mountains in Hawaii. Uh, very grueling, extremely difficult. He's a four-time Ironman finisher. Uh, not only that, but he has put down times to the level which he has competed at the Ironman World Championship. Uh, he's also uh, competed in the Exterior World Championship, which I am not too well read in on, but uh, talking with Dan, it is grueling. Uh, it's pretty gnarly. It's not just swim, bike, run, but it, it's also what kayaking. Yeah. So it's, um, it's basically off course triathlon. So, um, if I remember correctly, it's either kayaking or, or like lake swimming followed by, um, really difficult technical mountain biking followed by, uh, the, the same trail running. So it's like off road, yeah. like dial it to 11 triathlon. <laughs> God gnarly and yeah. i mean he is doing this with 
one arm and <laughs> and he's just getting after it uh i mean one of the things it was he kayaked the grand canyon yeah and you're like how how do you kayak the grand canyon single um with just one arm and it's just it's amazing um what else he Oh, in 2020, he did a 400-mile bike ride uh, called Smoke and Fire in Idaho, self-supported. Did a accumulated full 410 miles. Um, uh, and, I mean, his, his resume goes on and on. Um, but I, I think the most beautiful part of, of Willie is he has taken this ex- his experiences and he's used them to have such a positive impact on others. Uh, so there's an organization called the Challenge Athletes Foundation, and uh, he is a spokesperson and advocate for it. Um, he's taken his personal experiences and used it to help kids that um, are either born with or uh, some type of instance has taken place that they are physically challenged. And what CAF does, Challenge Athletes Foundation, is they help provide these high-cost adaptive sports equipment for these uh, athletes that, you know, maybe they're afraid to step onto the course or step onto the pitch or step onto the courts or they can't afford it. And CAF helps provide uh, kids with those pieces of equipment to get back out there and not only provide the piece of equipment, but they also provide the that mental barrier of wanting to just expose themselves. And uh, something that Willie, his uh, motto is, sports made me whole. Um, hmm. You know, when, when his incident took place, he felt like he was out of the game. You know, like sure, everything yeah. that he had in front of him was taken away. And... For a couple of years, it took him being comfortable, being naked in public is one way he put it, and uh, learning to adapt and overcome. There's, there's a lot more out there on Willie, and I uh, encourage you to you know go look out and research. And uh, when, you, when you hear stories about people like this, it just uh, it makes me very grateful you know for just being able to wake up and step out of the bed and put on my socks myself yeah um so yeah that is uh willie stewart everyone so absolutely inspiring that's the kind of thing that makes you just i mean i feel like everybody that we talk about uh makes me want to get out and and run i already ran this morning and i want to go back out and run (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but especially someone that is fighting through you know something that that forever altered his life and uh and is excelling despite that, that setback. That's just, that's all inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) That is too cool. Awesome. Um, do we have any save rounds, anything we missed throughout our talks today? I don't think so. No, I I think, you know, we hit all of our points. Yeah. Again, we are, heading out on Monday for a week and a half. We'll have some great stories to bring back, but but because of that, we will not have a pod coming out next week. So episode six will be 
delayed by a week. So sorry about that, guys. But just so you can expect that. And with that, did we have fun? Yeah, I had uh, I had a blast. Uh, <laughs> this morning I woke up. I was like, man, I am so tired. And like, this is a little different. The week's been crazy. And I wasn't completely you know, bought in. But, you know, right now I'm just, just so grateful for having woken up and headed over here and uh done this podcast today dude, so yeah dude smiles five was a blast smiles yeah. laughs and coffee and and recording yeah. the podcast and ready to start the day stuff. dude that's yeah. the way to do it so how about <laughs> yourself dan did you have fun i had a blast i yeah. i enjoyed doing this so much and uh and again we appreciate everybody who's uh who's been supporting us and uh and keeping our energy so high we obviously wouldn't wouldn't continue to do this if it wasn't uh for y'all out there so so please uh continue to to send in any questions or uh, workouts like swammer did today uh we love all that stuff and we'd love to uh to get down dirty with uh, any questions y'all have but yeah you can send those to crestorpodcast at gmail.com if you have that uh that will be in the show notes um spelled out if you if you need to reference that but uh with that we're going to be off and uh flying and continuing our our workout adventures hope you guys have a good two weeks we'll see you later see you guys